Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters minute by minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And once again, folks, I don't know how we lined her up for a third day in a row, but we are so blessed, so blessed, hashtag blessed, to have Crystal Beth here on the show with us today. Crystal, thank you so much for coming back. Of course, I'm never leaving. Oh, well, that's fine by us. I'm just glad we haven't said anything to offend you yet and that you've uh, you know, managed to stay on this long without us screwing it up somehow. Oh, here so, I go, screwing it up now. Listeners, uh, um, we were just trying to get some uh, technical stuff taken care of before the show, and the three of us who are in all different locations are uh, synced up to the same thing. Well, Kyle and I couldn't hear Crystal between us, and we were both saying, like, man, what a good show. What a good host, man. That was so pleasant. <laughs> oh, man, that was so great. And I got an email from her saying, like, I can hear you, please. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't anything bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Although, it it's funny. My reaction to compliments and my reaction to the opposite of compliments are the same. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stop. I can't handle it. <laughs> Let's get into uh, it. Well, you want. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's go ahead and jump into minute number 62. Again, Crystal, thank you for coming back. I'm, I'm hoping you have a great time here in the show because we're definitely having a great time uh, having you here. Oh, I, so. I am. All right, so in the previous minute, we saw Egon Spangler interviewing Vince Clortho. A Vince Clortho possessed Louis Tully, who gave him an in-depth review of a few of Gozer's previous apocalypse scenarios. At minute number 62, Louis is sniffing a slice of pizza that he has smeared on his face. At 62.02, we see a, an intimate moment between Janine and Egon. Janine tells Egon that she is afraid that he is going to die. At 62.05, the office phone rings startling Lewis and causing him to drop the glass popcorn barrel he has been sniffing. At 62.11, Egon answers the phone to hear Peter Venkman on the other line. As he is talking to Venkman, Lewis hands the phone base to Egon. Egon thanks him for the help. At 62.14, we cut to a shot of a sleeping Dana Barrett who, as, as, excuse me, at 62.14, we cut to a shot of a sleeping Dana Barrett as the camera pans over to Peter Venkman. Venkman tells Egon that he has had some interesting news from the world of Gozer. Venkman says that he is with Dana Barrett and that the Goes has apparently been putting the moves on his would-be girlfriend. Egon asks Venkman how Dana is doing. Venkman tells Egon that he thinks that they can get her a guest shot on Wild Kingdom. As, he, as the conversation progresses, the camera is panning over a pile of clothes that have been spilled all over the floor. At 62.30, Venkman tells Egon that he just whacked Dana up with 300 cc of Thorazine. Venkman tells Egon Venkman goes on to tell Egon that Dana says that she is the gatekeeper and if that makes any sense to Egon. At 62.40 we cut back to the living quarters of the Ghostbusters where Egon says that he has just met the Keymaster. In the background Lewis has taken a pot of hot water off of a Bunsen burner and drinking it straight from the pot. At 62.43, Vinkman says that that is wonderful and that they have to get these two together. At 62.45, we see a shot of Louis Tully drinking straight from the coffee pot and smiling at Egon. Egon tells <laughs> Vinkman that he thinks this would be extraordinarily dangerous. At 62.50, Vinkman tells Egon to hold on to Louis and that he will be there in a little while. At 62.55, Egon hangs up the phone as Vins brings Egon a skillet. Egon thanks him. Egon tells Janine that they have to find Ray and that he needs him there immediately. So I guess we have to talk about the thing that everybody is talking about these days with the scene. Uh, Peter Venkman talking about the 300 cc's of Thorazine that he has shot up into Dana Barrett's system. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird that he has Thorazine there with him. But Thorazine uh, is a trade name for chlorophomazine, which is used to treat schizophrenia. It's three times more likely to cause sedation, around 30% with a chlorophom chlorophomazine. 
300 cc's is the equivalent to 60.8653 teaspoons of the substance. So that's Jesus. a lot to get into her system. And I'm assuming yeah. that – I don't think that he would have been administering it orally. He probably – when he says you know, he whacked her out with it, it was probably like shot her up with it, which means he had a needle or syringe with him as well. So this the, is all a very strange situation. To that to a, to yeah. a levitating demon is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, maybe that's why there's all the clothes strewn about the room. That there must have been some sort of a you know See, uh, fight to try to get Dana down. Because too. in a few minutes ago, you had um, a theory about if this was like a dress that she already had, and I was like, I don't know, man. It just seems to me it's a little too funky for her. Like she might have just manifested into Zul, and this dress was already on her. But there's all these clothes everywhere, which made me think that like Dana, when she became Zul, was like, all right, priority number one, I gotta find the right thing. I've got to find something to seduce right. the keymaster. Because that's what we were going to end up doing. Yeah. So I got to, you know, be as hot as I can. And she would have been like going through her room just pulling clothes out of every drawer. I don't know. I didn't notice it until just now. Yeah, maybe it was a Halloween costume yeah. at some point. She was a Greek, a Grecian <laughs> goddess for a, a gala one night. Or maybe it was a costume from the, they, they did a costume party with the orchestra or yeah, something like possibly. that. I think so. Maybe she's doing some Xanadu cosplay or something like that. And that that's probably it. Yeah. Exactly. But Brittany, Oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. I, uh, this part, every time I watch it, when they're in the room and Bill Murray just kisses her hand in the chest mm -hmm. while she's yeah. sleeping, every single time I go, ew, <laughs> ew, <laughs> get away from her. And especially, and when we're talking about things that make it an 80s movie, this wouldn't be allowed in a movie no. now. No, not at all. Not at all. Unless it was about yeah. a rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because Thorazine doesn't sound like it's a party drug or anything you would use like for a party type situation. In fact, I mean, he had to get a lot of it into her system to get her to the state that she's in presently, you know? Uh, so it doesn't seem to me like this is something that, you know um, – he would have had on uh, if he's like, yeah. hey, you know, we're going to go to the club. Let's do a little Thorazine before we go in or whatever. So I'm, I'm curious if, if if he left and got the Thorazine and came back being a doctor, that's maybe he only, could get it from a pharmacy around the yeah, corner. Yeah, that's but, the only sense I can make of it is he's a scientist. So one, he's going to know what it I'm is reading and two, have access to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm reading it a little bit too much and I'm trying yeah, to make I mean, it not amazing. creepy, you know? No, I mean, if I was going to make it un not creepy, I would be like, Okay, so he's a Ghostbuster. Mm -hmm. He knows that ghosts can possess people. He knows that ghosts... I mean, I know that when people get possessed, they can get very strong. Yeah. So maybe he went and got it knowing that if there was, in fact, a ghost, maybe it is possessing her. Maybe he grabbed it for that and not for uh, taking advantage of a distraught <laughs> yeah. woman. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that's the case. Now, in the shooting script for Ghostbusters, he does have a couple other devices with him that uh, m make me think that this could be in uh, some sort of suitcase or something he has with him. He takes a pin light out of his jacket at one point and sits Dana Barrett down in the bed and does an eye dilation test on her. And that's how he figures out, okay, this is not something uh, of a worldly See, nature going on here. She's that, possessed. It would have made sense. The whole thing would have made sense. And we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So, and right. It, yeah, it would have added a little bit more of the um, chivalry to the character. By saying, like, okay, let me check. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a whole lot yeah, about Peter Bingham that's been right? at this point. But, um, yeah. it, well, he does pull did, that, that copy of Ivanhoe out of his jacket at one right? point. Right, and the, uh, the handcuffs oh, he yeah. brought with him as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you're saying in a second, uh, in, in I think a minute coming here in a second, he, he kisses her on the, on the neck. 
and he's like, okay, I'll see you later, you know, or whatever. It's Don't go anywhere. Yeah, don't go anywhere. And she's like hyperventilating, you know, back, which is a great acting choice by Sigourney Weaver, by the way. You know, we, we've heard that in the um, audition that Sigourney Weaver had for this part, she got up on uh, Ivan Reitman's couch and started acting like a dog because she knew at one point that she would be possessed by a dog. The word terror dog was used in the script. I think she made the conscious choice to to uh, act like a dog panting at this point, you know, like a dog That's that good. got overheated, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, she's but so I, that, good. she's fantastic. I love her so much. She's so great. And she's just, you know, Rick Moranis had to act like, you know, a buffoon Louis Tully and then a buffoon Vince Clortho. As Dana Barrett, uh, she's this, you know, kind of Sigourney Weaver's normal uh, acting choice. She's her Ellen Ripley, you know, like ball busting, you know, like don't take no shit New York woman, you know. But then when she becomes Zool, she definitely kind of like is playing a seductress also. Uh, so she it, she really has to do a lot in these in this in the scene. Or with this yeah. character, I'm trying to say. She plays, you know, two different yeah. sides of it. So, oh, so the picture but, um, on her bedside table. Uh, does mm-hmm. anyone have any idea who that is? I mean, it's, it's not a picture of herself, is it? So it's funny because on the left-hand side table, she has a little red-headed girl. And then on the right-hand side of the table, she's got a very distinct-looking like, brown-haired girl. They're not the same person. So, you know, I have to read into this. This has got to be like a niece or something like that or a little sister yeah. or something. But yeah. to, to who it actually is, uh, I've looked into that and couldn't find anything. I'm assuming there may be like Ivan Reitman or Joe Magic's like daughters or maybe, in fact, uh, Sigourney Weaver brought I mean, them on set as a as – that um, Crystal, in uh, the guest bathroom at my house, uh, there's no artwork, nothing in it except a small framed picture of myself just to make people <laughs> – just to make people uncomfortable when they come over. And uh, yeah, That's makes, amazing. I'm wondering if um, – if no, it was not the same thing. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. That's the perfect place it's, to it's have like a picture. Me in a tuxedo, like just looking like a real douchebag. Looking yeah, disapproving. Yeah, much. yeah. Hey, 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 hey. So I put a picture of you in the cabinet, the medicine cabinet that everyone always opens and looks. <laughs> it's just all pictures of me. Good lord. Oh, so, awesome. At this point in the movie, I think that Vin's Clortho is kind of filling in the same role that Slimer does in the cartoon. Oh, yeah. You know, he's kind of like this lovable buffoon, but I don't know that he's really uh, out there trying to per- per- pursue the gatekeeper at this point. You know, he gets loose yeah. in a minute, but he's, he doesn't really seem to have the direct mission statement that that Zool does. You know, Zool is definitely like she's looking for the gatekeeper. She knows the gatekeeper is going to find her. So she has, you know, uh, done her makeup up. And I love this shot of Sigourney Weaver sleeping just because uh, when it cuts to Peter Venkman in the apartment, you could see, like, they, they just went all out on this makeup. You know, it's it's like it's almost, in effect, uh, looking kind of like Gozer when Gozer shows up in a few minutes. You know, like, yes. cheekbones are really accentuated, you know, the eye, eye, eyeshadows on. I don't know a whole lot about makeup except for the makeup videos I watch on YouTube, the tutorials. <laughs> and I know that, that there was definitely a conscious effort to go, like, straight on, like, 80s super yeah. vamp. You know, with David uh, Bowie, if David Bowie, yes, it's very David Bowie. It's, it's Studio 54 all the way. You know, yeah, it's. Uh, no, 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 go ahead, oh, go ahead, go continue. ahead. Um, I was going to say what we were talking about. I think it was in the f- two days ago episode when we were talking about Vince and how he's just having a really good time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why he doesn't go right after it. He's like, no, it's a cool world. I've been in that place for like a millennia. It is time to explore. I'm going to make a new best friend. It's a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to save that horse when the time comes. He's going to be, what is it? Uh, 
all servants will be unleashed yeah. or whatever, released or something like that. Slaves, underlings will be released, whatever. He is like, that horse and I, we're going to have some journeys together. We're going to be best <laughs> friends. I'm loving life. What's peanut butter? That's what I want to try. <laughs> That's what I think is happening right now. And then, and then he'll go and consummate his relationship with Zool. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a funny like side trip to have like, you know, like Vin's tour of nineteen eighty four New York. Like going oh, up yeah. to the top of the, you know, the Twin Towers and looking out over the city. Like you said, enjoying peanut butter, maybe actually having a dinner at Tavern on the Green. <laughs> <laughs> right? Know, there's a uh, yeah. moment in this in this uh scene where um he drinks the water out of the Bunsen burner, which is like scalding hot water and then just looks back and smiles <laughs> at him. And I don't think it's funny. I don't read that as, as humorous. I think it's kind of like in, uh, what is it, Rosemary's Baby, there at the end, um, the uh, Asian guy opens up the camera and smiles really big, like really genuine with her, and exposes the film, basically saying to her, like, check it out. No one's ever going to believe you. There's no proof here. No. And it's very sinister. And, uh, and then Egon, um, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's cute because he turns around and gives this uh, cute smile to him. But, like, it's also a very, like... Uh, I don't know, sinister moment. And, and he turns and he's like, all right, things are going to get extraordinarily bad. I need Ray here immediately. So Yeah, yeah. Egon's reading into the subtext of the scene, which is that, you know, this is their unstable elements. And if we get them together, it's going to be catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys got anything else for minute number uh, 62? That is it for me. Mm, that's oh. it for me, too. Great. Well, we're going to... Venture forth into uh, some more stuff here uh, with some different characters tomorrow. Uh, in minute number 63, we'll have uh, both Ray Stance and Winston Zedmore showing back up. So, Crystal, do you think it would kill you to come back tomorrow and be a guest again? I think I'll survive. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll have you back. Brady, you oh, can come great. as well. So, great. So, minute number 63 tomorrow, folks. Join us for that. Uh, I'm Kyle, and for Brady and for Crystal, death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.